Let's bring in uh, Tony Caridi, the voice of the Mountaineers. Uh, Tony, do you know this version? Do you recognize who that is? That's the first time I've heard that version. Who is really? that, J-Mo? Uh, it is Olivia Newton-John. How about that? Isn't I that a great version? I know, I know. I found that and thought that was perfect. So great version there. And I thought, you know, Tony probably gets tired of hearing us play that song. But I thought, <laughs> no, he never no, gets tired guys, of hearing that. You guys are the absolute best. You're the most creative <laughs> when it comes to that. I do appreciate that. That's uh, that's really good. I tell you what, we've contemplated doing a documentary about the song. Oh, cool. Because it's it's not just a West Virginia thing. It's just not the United States thing. It's amazing. It's a worldwide thing. You can go to all corners of the world, and you can find a place where they're singing that. Wow. And they don't even know what the words mean. I mean, <laughs> from you name it. And so there's a, there's a story to be told there, exactly how you do it and get through the, the heavy rights fees and things like that because yeah. of the song and the royalties. But there's a great story. It's a, it's a worldwide song. That's pretty cool. And and reading uh, reading up on it through the years, it wasn't originally, uh, it was kind of made to fit West Virginia, wasn't it? Yeah, so the deal was that the guy and the girl that wrote the song, and John Denver was involved as well, they were kind of in the eastern panhandle portion of West Virginia. Uh-huh. And so the Shenandoah Mountains thing actually is like the Virginia side, but here or there, obviously, it became a West Virginia song. And not to belabor the point, but if you remember when Nixon went over to China and they did the ping-pong diplomacy back in the 70s, they brought that song with them, and they taught it to the school children in China, huh. elementary school children, to sing. And so I guess that was like this massive seed that got planted with that song, and so it's carried on through that. That's pretty cool. It's a great history. That would that would be a great documentary if you ever yeah. get the rights and get that done. Hey, good to talk to you. Uh, you doing okay? You healthy? Are you 100%? Yeah, I apologize, buddy. I mean, if, if there's an apology needed, uh, no, you know, we've been battling. Up. Um, as everyone has. We've been doing really, really well. Uh, we had a spike back in July after the 4th of July, and we were good, you know, straight through up until right now. Uh, but it caught us, and they've announced uh, through the Big 12 today that we're going to be off, you know, at least our next three games. So our Baylor game, Saturday TCU, and then we had a home game next Tuesday against Oklahoma State. All of those for right now are postponed. So, unfortunately, uh, it, we, it got us. That's tough. And and comes on the heels of your game on Saturday, that tough loss to Texas. But then the quick turnaround, and I think you, you uh, maybe contact tracing or whatever it is, uh, you found out right after that. Uh, you know, that, that game Saturday wasn't a game you'd want to go into a break off of, is it? No, it really isn't. And now it's going to be, you know, until at least the 23rd. Yeah. Um, of January. You know, that was a gut wrencher. That one hurt, John. Uh, West Virginia had the lead for, you know, mid 30 minutes of the game, like 35 minutes of the game, approximately, and had the ball, had the lead, uh, missed foul shots right in the final seconds. Uh, Texas rolled down the floor, and Courtney Ramey found Andrew Jones open in the corner, and he banged the three with one point change left 1.1 and and you lost it and you had it right there so going to your place after that you know that what that texas game was going to be just like hey now you're playing number four number two in the country back to back if you get texas then you're kind of playing house money going down to waco but obviously um that game is going to 
have to be uh, made up at another time. Tony, I know the Big 12 made the, their schedule flexible to get all these conference games in, but as they keep piling up like y'all are facing right now, do you think there's any concern that not all these games will be played? Well, I think, like, for example, West Virginia, as we sit right now, now we're going to be three down. I still think they'll be able to play. If it's only those three for the rest of the way out, I think we'll be able to get it. My guess would be that you'll play a minimum of two in that final week of the regular season. That's, you know, that, that extra March week that they added just for this reason. So you'll be able to definitely get two there. And then perhaps they do, you know, they're going to have to do a little creative scheduling, kind of like we saw in football, where a game will just pop and they'll just say, hey, how about this date now? So I think if you're at three, and this is just me speaking, if you're at three, I think you can get them in. I think if it goes over three, then it's going to start to become a challenge. When you look at Derek Culver, I know he missed the one and one, but what makes him such a mismatch for teams when they're facing him? He's got incredible athleticism and strength, and I know we throw around those terms, but what if I told you that when West Virginia runs sprints, baseline to baseline, he wins? And you go, wait a second. (laughs) You say, wait a second, what? And he's 200 and whatever he is, 55, 60 pounds. So he has elite athleticism, and they've got him playing really, really hard. And I know we'll probably get into the Oscar Shibway departure, but with Oscar leaving, um, in, in that sense, he becomes the focal point now and doesn't have to share that spotlight. And to this point, um, for the most part, he has, he has accepted that role. Um, it's going to be hard. You know, as you guys know, um, you can't do that every single game, but he currently leads the league in double-doubles and has played, you know, just really, really well throughout the course of this season. Speaking of Shibway, he is, uh, he's gone, and I think that's a big loss. Uh, but Bob Huggins has been through, you know, probably any scenario you can imagine, losing players, changing styles, things like that. H- have you noticed a change uh, in what Coach Huggins is, is trying to do now without Shibway? John, yes. They were going to have their hand forced to begin with on this deal. The the, the thing that goes without, unless you're following it on a day-to-day basis, we lost a 6'10 big three or four days before Oscar left. Hmm. We had a player who's a top 75 player named Isaiah Cottrell, a 6'10 big who has some really big-time skills. And he ruptured his Achilles in our game against Northeastern. And that took him out. That was like Tuesday. And then Friday, uh, Oscar departs. And you lost 6'10 and 6'8. So that's going to force West Virginia now to not be able to play the way that Hugs wanted to play, which was, you know, beat people off the glass and, and score that way. And so as a result of that, we have had to size down, and now we're you know kind of like everybody else in the sense that we'll go with guards and at times you know four uh, shooters so to speak that are out there play four out and one in, but they're still in that period of transition. Uh, it was crazy. We went on a two-game trip to Oklahoma and got down 18 at Oklahoma at halftime, came back and were right there again to win that thing. And then, frighteningly, uh, two days later, got down 19, as you know, probably, against Oklahoma State with 11 to go, 
and finally were able to come back and win that game. So I think those two games were a period of adjustment, okay, how are we going to play now? And then the Texas game, as I said, you know, West Virginia had the lead for 34, 35 minutes of that game. So I, they're transitioning into that style, um, and we'll, we'll find out uh, exactly, you know, how it goes long way. You'd love to have Sheebway, but as you well know, you play with who you have, and at this point they're going to have to size down. Tony Caridi, our guest, longtime voice of the West Virginia Mountaineers, one of the great guys in our business and uh, great food uh, critics in our business as well. <laughs> But let me ask you this. You've seen what the women are doing. Uh, they're they're kind of plugging holes uh, in the schedule with the women's schedule. Have right. you noticed that? You know, if you get a game scheduled, somebody else does. Well, maybe yep. that opens up a game where two other teams could move their game up. Uh, do you think we might get to that point on the men's side? I do, John. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, my son's a play-by-play guy as well, and he's been doing some WV women's stuff, and he was just telling me that it looks as though West Virginia you know, potentially is talking about doing the exact same thing, hmm. where they've missed a couple of games. They had a trip that – and they, they were supposed to play Kansas-Kansas State, couldn't play either of those two games because of those schools, right. and so they still went out and played Oklahoma. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's kind of like on the etch sketch, right? You're scheduling. So <laughs> I do think, John, I think the, the first priority is going to be let's get the games played. So like in football, I think we're going to get some, hey, let's do this now, let's do this now. I think it's going to be kind of like that for the rest of the way. Yeah. Speaking of football, a great bowl win to end the season that went over Army. Uh, you know, real capper to a really good season. And when you finish with a win, that, that carries all the way through the postseason. Yeah, that was that was really good. Again, we were good and clean in football all the way up, John, until the Oklahoma game. What happened was Oklahoma had to postpone with us when it was originally scheduled. And we would have been coming off an off week. And then they postponed. So that gave us, like, be 20 days off. Yeah. Then we went and we resumed with Iowa State, and they absolutely ran us off the field. And then we made up the, we were supposed to make up the Oklahoma game. And then we came down with too many positives. So it was a, it was a weird end to it. Uh, but we ended up six and four. And as you said, we were down 11 um, in the second half. And great story um, in that Austin Kendall, our backup quarterback, who had been a starter last season, had not played since the Eastern Kentucky opener. And that was 110 days. Wow. And Jared Deggy, um, just something was up. He was totally off, had a horrific fumble that allowed Army to score at the end of the first half. I, I, I haven't heard yet, but I think he, he, he must have been injured or dinged. And Neil made a big-time call, and he put in Austin Kendall to start the second half. And Austin scored. Uh, led them to two drives for touchdowns, including the winner with about five and change to go, and then the defense held on. So, yeah, I, I kind of where we are in growing this thing back up, that was a great way to end it, to go 6-4, finally get through this COVID year and, and get some momentum going into next season. When you look at the roster for football, is there any key players that are going to be coming back next season? Yeah, um, offensively, we pretty much return intact, um, to be honest with you. Now, we're going to lose some guys. Defensively, Tony Fields was a one-and-done guy, grad transfer from Arizona. He led us in tackles. Darius Stills, uh, the defensive lineman of the year in the league and the consensus All-American, he's gone. 
Um, but for the most part, it wasn't a gutting. Uh, you're going to lose some quality guys on defense. But, uh, you know, for year three for Neil, I, I think that he's still putting the building blocks in there. But I think that they'll, you know, they'll, they'll start off better than they were a year ago, I would think, is, as far as where is the program. You know, last year, that was, you guys know this more than anyone. I mean, you talk about the worst time to take over a football program for your guy, and that yeah, is exactly. take it over when there's a pandemic going on. So Coach Dave there struggled through that. Neil struggled through it because he didn't have a full spring, and he was still trying to build his culture. So we kind of called it like season 1A yeah. instead of season 2. But uh, this will be very, very important for us. Uh, to to have a great off season and then finally you know get this thing kind of in order uh, to get going again. You tell uh, Coach Brown I uh, said congratulations and, and did you notice that uh, Boyle County High School won another state championship this year? Oh, did they? Oh, oh yeah. did they? Well, that's oh, good. Yeah. That's they, good. Listen, they were, I like to hear that they were pushed he, in the championship he, game, but other than that, they routed everybody all season. <laughs> Hey, you know what? We had uh, our guy Reese Smith, yeah, who went yeah. to who went to uh, you know Neil's high school. Right. He, he scored a huge two point conversion for us at the end of that bowl game. Oh so wow! He's going to be a really good player for us. Hey, very cool. All right, final thought, uh, and this is kind of shop talk, but hopefully our listeners won't mind. You're you're doing all your games remotely, all your basketball games remotely, road games. Uh, yes. and, and how's it going? I mean, have you the more you do it, are the more, are you more comfortable doing that, or how's that process been for you? <laughs> Yeah, as good as it can be when we get the right video feed, right. Um, which I'm sure Baylor would have provided to us, it's, <laughs> you can do it. And as long as you get the audio from the location and the, and the mid-court camera just stays put and doesn't bounce around. When you get, as you well know, what we call in the business a dirty feed, right. which is all of the different camera angles and going to graphics and going into the studio and things like that, um, it, it, it can kind of be like driving a car sometime with your eyes closed. Um, but other than that, you know, enough to get through it. It's not something that I want to do on a regular basis, but uh, for now, um, we're, uh, we're, we're getting through it. By the way, you stunned me the other day when you texted me that picture of that snow in Waco. Oh, yeah. Holy How heck. about that? We had four and a half inches on Sunday oh here in Waco. Gosh. Isn't that wild? That was crazy, but I just looked at your temperature. Now you're back to you're in the 50s and cranking up to the 60s. Yeah. I'll trade you, buddy. <laughs> no. I'll trade you on that. Listen, the difference is we have snow one day, and uh, two days later it's 60. You guys, you have snow, and it sticks around for six months. So Yeah, the it, cold stays. You know, yeah, we, we, yeah. we don't get a ton here, but the cold stays, which kind of gets old. Yeah, I got you. Well, that day, Sunday, we had more snow in Waco, Texas than you had in Morgantown. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, we had grass, buddy. It was good. I walked into the Coliseum to do the game on Saturday and did not have a jacket on. Wow. How about that? How rare yeah. is that? Hey, yeah. it's great to catch up with you. I appreciate your time. Uh, stay safe, and uh, I'll see you down the road. Okay, guys. Thanks right, very much. Be thanks good. very much. Thank you. Tony Caridi, the great voice of the West Virginia Mountaineers.